0: Welcome to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast, brought to you by Blue Fletch. We discuss technology topics related to Android and workforce devices and how they intersect with business and mobility. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Blue Fletch Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. Today, I'm joined by Don Osborne, and we're going to talk about, uh, it's a long a mouthful, but the mobility stack for the modern frontline worker. So did, did I get it right, Don? Yeah, that's that's the mouthful, yep. It's <laughs> the mouthful, but I think the when we say this in the context of this, and I'll talk about it in a second, but we've been um, looking at and working with a research company, VDC Research, to understand and build a roadmap around a product. And part of that has been doing some analysis on the enterprise, the usage of mobile devices, these uh, called rugged Android devices in the enterprise across different uh, industries, so manufacturing, hospitality, logistics, even healthcare is, is big for us as a company. But we started to do this analysis and look at, you know, what is what is the state of the mobility devices, the state of mobility stack for frontline workers. And then, you know, what is it going to be in the future? But I guess before I um, before we hop into the topic and start talking about the questions, I want to introduce Don Osborne, our, our guest for today. So Don's been working with Blue Flesh Dune Consulting around our reseller and partner programs. Uh, but in a prior life, Don did a lot of different things across various pieces of the, I guess what you call the AIDC industry. So maybe you want to give us a little background or a little color on your, your history?
1: Sure. We'll start out with the acronyms. Yeah, no, absolutely. So thank you very much for the invitation. I'm uh, glad to be here. Um, many of your listeners may recognize my melodious voice. And if you do, I'll apologize in advance. I've done a number of, I used to do a number of webinars in my past lives, uh, and so you may have heard me before. It's nice to be back in the hot seat again, talking about technology, I appreciate it. Um, I uh, total background military many years ago, uh, spent some time working in various industries, and then I was at uh, Avanti Wavelink for 17 years, uh, running their channel program, as, as Brett said, and then uh, I've been working with Blue Fletch now, I think it's two, three years now, three years now we've been working together, um, developing the partner channel and, and and other things. So
0: thank you again. It's great to be back. Got it. Excellent. Thanks, Don. And then I guess to set the stage before we hop into some of the questions and topics, can you talk about, you mentioned you've working in the industry for a while. What have we seen? What have you seen over the last decade, two decades around the evolution of these, these smart devices or handheld devices for employees?
1: Well, yeah, it's funny because when they started out, they weren't smart devices. Um they were DR-DOS devices. Uh, you go all the way back, you know, to the the original barcode scanning patents when they were designed. And then, of course, there was the Telzon days. They were ruggedized uh, devices, typically running DR-DOS. Um, they were gun-shaped. They had an auto, audio output was basically just a beep. But this was, this was kind of the birth of two things. It was the birth of the barcode scanning industry, as well as that led into the Um, software-directed worker industry, because now you had a worker, before this, you had workers in warehouses, for example, they would pick up a bill of lading or whatever, and then they knew what they had to go pick and and put away and those kind of things. Well, as the technology started to move into those mobile devices, those barcode scanners, now you had a piece of software, an enterprise application that could then direct them where to go by just looking on the device. So now their work became more efficient. And that's, you mentioned AIDC, automated identification identification and data uh, control. That was being able to read barcode scanners. So in other words, instead of having to walk up to a bin and type in a bunch of numbers, the barcode could scan that and boom, you could keep moving. That was a huge, huge move on, uh, on productivity. That of course led to the development of bigger and bigger and better uh, solutions for enterprise warehouse management systems. And then along the way, these devices kept evolving as well. As you mentioned, they we went through this era of Microsoft, of course, at the time was the, the largest operating system provider in the world. So they were the operating system provider for a lot of those, those devices. Um, we also had Palm OS devices, which I think there are still some in use out there today. Um, and then that what we saw happen was The devices continue to grow in form factors, but really the big change, I think, was the operating system kept growing. Microsoft decided to kind of step out of that industry because it's kind of a niche industry, as we know. Anybody who's in this industry knows. So that's where Android was kind of born, kind of took over. So then we all went through this big shift in the industry of migrating from Microsoft devices to uh, Android devices. And at that time, that kind of enabled this just explosion of things you could do with the device because now you've got all kinds of applications you can load on it. You've got different form factors that, you know, depending on whether you need a tablet, uh, depending on whether you need a a handheld, you may still need a gun if you're working in some of the spaces. Um, So the form factors have grown, but it's really kind of this, um, Android is by far the, the, the largest operating system. We do see some iOS and some others out there, but really that kind of enabled us to move to this place where we are right now. And we went from being a, single-use device that really just directed the worker where to go to the sky's the limit i mean whatever you want to do with these things now you can do with them they've got enough programming and horsepower on them you can do well i think the joke is this has as much horsepower as the first lunar liner we we landed on the moon you know i think it's uh, got a
0: lot more actually it's got a lot more yeah it probably
1: does so (laughs) (laughs) and and for for the record yeah i've been around for most of that that's where i got all the gray hairs at. so
0: what was it like on the moon? What was it like on the moon, Don? What
1: was it like on the moon?
0: <laughs> uh, so it's a good segue to the first the first question I had, the first topic we want to dive into, which is you know, with that multi-purpose device, what are the categories of applications or what is the category of the application stack we're starting to see on, on the devices? What, how would you decompose that?
1: Um, so I think let's tune that question a little bit for frontline workers, because I think that's where the, that's what's really driving a lot of the development. If you're still in the warehouse, you're still inside the four walls. You're really primarily running one application still. You're still connecting to the enterprise warehouse management system and it's using you to direct your work. Although we're seeing more functionality in there like RMA and other like, you know, cameras, you want to be able to do things with it, but the frontline worker is driving that. And it's really kind of driving it around three key areas. Um, the big one we see that I, I hear customers talk about the most is around collaboration and communication. And we didn't really talk about what a frontline worker is yet. But if you think of somebody who's working in a retail environment or a manufacturing environment or healthcare, for example, not necessarily somebody inside the four halls in the warehouse, but somebody in those retail environment, you've got you know, 20 to 50 employees, depending on the size of your store, maybe as many as 70 or 100 employees working around inside that environment. And one of the things they need to do a lot of is communicate and collaborate. If you've got somebody at the front of the store doing a stock check, they need to talk to somebody who's in the back of the store or somebody at one of the registers. You don't want them to have to walk around the entire environment to do that. So, communication and collaboration devices or, or applications, those are key. Same thing in manufacturing and healthcare. So, and then the next one is what we call like line of business applications. These are your frontline workers want access to that big enterprise database that we talked about a minute ago. So all that inventory information or the POS, the point of sale information, they need access to that on their mobile devices as well. So you've got communication, they're trying to get access to the inventory information as well as maybe they're gonna do a checkout right on the device. That's a point of sale function. Those are the line of business applications. And then the last big one that we see are, they're typically called HCM or uh, human capital management, or you can think of as HR and training, these are giving frontline workers the capability to be able to well, clock in and clock out, uh, labor management, those kind of functions, as well as get access to educational material. And we're seeing a lot of, more of this as as new technologies come on, AI and stuff comes on, where you know if a worker, a frontline worker is doing something, and they're like, I don't know how to do this. There's an easy way for them to click and bring up a training, you know, one or two minute training video that shows them exactly how to do that. That makes their life easier. It makes their job better. And of course, it makes everything more productive. So it comes down to communication, collaboration, line of business apps, and then, you know, human capital management, HR and training, those kind of apps. And then the last one, which really isn't a mobile app, but is then the what we traditionally call the MDM or mobile device management Platform which is used to manage all these devices, so you can
0: manage them from one central place. Got it. And when you say device management, so that's the the security. So the Intune, Sodis, Workspace One's of the world, um, and then I think there's also a couple of other things we've seen too, which is the the lockdown SSO. So the Improvadas, Fletch is of the world, and then the what it, is the phrase EUM? So the, uh, or the endpoint endpoint management. So it's the CrowdStrikes, Imperiums, the Avanti, uh, like, endpoint security, like, I guess what used to be called virus scanning and now it's like endpoint security management? Uh,
1: short answer is yes, but you just crossed a whole lot of boundaries there in yeah.
0: <laughs> But, yeah. Um, well, those are, so they're not, they're not things used by the users, but they're used for managing and securing the devices. It's really being the being and security making.
1: Exactly, you want this, what you want to do from, you know, an operations manager perspective is, Anytime somebody picks up one of these devices, it better be ready to go to work. Battery needs to be charged, needs to have the right network security settings on it. We call that a hardware profile. Needs to have the right applications loaded on it so the device is profiled and ready to go to work. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, I think, in a minute, but um, that's what we mean by traditional mobile device management, yeah.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, I guess just to to segue into my next question, in this is more of a, a use case, but can you talk about, you talked about a couple of different industries, so healthcare, warehouse, retail, manufacturing. What is it, like, pick one of those, and what does actually that stack look like? And I think you started talking a little bit about retail, and maybe you can dive into, like, what that might look like across the retail environment. Sure, sure.
1: So there's there's four areas of that tech stack, um, and this is kind of general, it's broad. it'll work in industry, any industry, but then what I'll do is I'll, I'll try to nail it down and give you an example in the retail industry. So you have, the first thing you have is, you know, the hardware, which is gonna be, we call that the OEM hardware, the original equipment manufacturer, barcode scanners, tablets, point of sale devices, all those devices that you're using in the supply chain to run your supply chain, those are gonna be your OEM hardware devices. The the next piece is the enterprise application. Typical example of that that's a you know a big application like SAP or something large like that. That is it, it, like SA, In the SAP example, it's connected to your accounting, your finance, your HR. It's also connected to your supply chain application. It's doing inventory management. But there are I mean there's a lot of, there's other ones in this space. But but it's those big enterprise applications that really try to run the entire global operation. But then the problem with those big applications is is it's difficult to winnow those down to do specific functionality like in retail or in manufacturing. So then you have another layer of applications here, which we call bolt-on applications, Those bolt-on applications bolt on to the enterprise application, and they provide front-end functionality just for whatever you're trying to do. Like if you're in retail, if you're running a store, if you've got 50 employees working in a store, you might have some bolt-on application that's connecting to your enterprise application. It's taking data in and out of it, and it's using it for inventory control and update, et cetera, but it's more tuned on running the retail environment or maybe the manufacturing environment. And then the last one, which gets lost a lot of times, is the applications that run on the, the Android mobile device itself. So those are the in, in those applications, the same way the bolt-on application provides additional functionality to the enterprise application, the, the Android application, or the mobile application, depending on what your, your OS is, provide additional functionality at the very end point of that chain as well. They may be providing analytics back up. They, may be provi- they can also be providing distributed functionality. One of the things we've seen customers doing, for example, is having applications running on these devices. So if I pick up this device, I don't have to connect to my enterprise cloud. I can just connect to another device in the store, and, and there's definite functionality advantages I can get out of that. So, so those are the four levels of the tech stack. And that's how it kind of breaks down when you go into a retail environment. Then, again, you've got the enterprise app which is providing global operations and it's integrated with everything. And it's providing reporting and it's trying to generate dashboards up to very senior executive management. And you'll think of a fortune 100 company. Mm-hmm. They want to see a dashboard that just makes it easy for them to understand. And then you've got the bolt on apps that winnow it down. So now I'm saying, okay, I've got distribution centers. I have in retail, I have an omni-channel environment, which means I need product that's in the store at this location I need to know about it in other locations. And I also need to be able to have ways I can access that and get to it. And now I want to talk about my frontline workers. I want to make their employee experience better. How can I help them collaborate in the stores? How can I help them share that information? How can I help this worker who's now face-to-face with a customer say, yes, we don't have that in a store, but I have it in this store and I can have it shipped if you want, or you can go pick it up. How do you enable that? easily that's where the bolt on apps come in and then you know the the actual applications on the device itself provide functionality down at the very device level itself and that can all kinds of things we didn't really talk about this much yet but for example when you've got multiple applications running on here you're probably going to want some kind of single sign on device or application so that and that's going to be running on the, the device itself to make the worker's environment their user experience better so that's kind of the overview of the tech stack
0: um that makes sense Yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot lot to think through, but I guess maybe for the the worker, what is? And I feel like this has accelerated a lot in the last three years. What is driving that change to put more of those capabilities onto the mobile devices? What do you What do you think is the 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 shift there?
1: Uh, I think a a couple of things. Flexibility, I think, is a big one. Um, Cost, I think, is an. I mean. It's pretty simple to think of the cost equation. You think of the cost of buying, you know, uh, uh, an OEM piece of hardware, um, especially a ruggedized piece of hardware. You're talking, you could be talking thousands of dollars. If you're using that as a single-use device, that's a pretty expensive single-use device. So how can I get more use out of that device, as well as how can I make my employee experience better, Because which means my employee needs to have access to multiple different functionality and doesn't have to go, oh, I can only do that one thing on here. I got to go over here. And log in to be able to check this other thing. It's that's unproductive, and 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 really, this has become a kind of an issue in frontline workers. Is this whole employee experience thing? Their job satisfaction is not very good because of that. So, how can I make it? Everybody today in the modern world, when we think of most workers, except for old guys like me, um, you know, they all they grew up with with smartphones. They grew up with these devices. They're used to having information and data at their fingertips. And I remember we used to talk about this. When we went from the, the Microsoft to the Android migration days, I remember distinctly one time having a conversation with a, with a, a customer's employee in a warehouse. <laughs> we handed him a device and he picked it up. It was running Android, but he picked it up and he looked at it and it had a green screen on it. And he was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> because he's used to, you know, a, a modern smartphone type environment. And now all of a sudden he's like, I got to push five buttons just to get to the next screen. It was it was drastic. So um yeah. that's what's driving. That's what's really driving change.
0: Yeah. And on the, the hardware landscapes, you mentioned these these rugged devices. why are companies buying these instead of BOD? I feel like when you look at the the Ubers and Lyfts of the world, people bring their own devices to work and use those with a single app. Like, why are companies not just having employees use a consumer device?
1: Yeah, it's a fair question. And I mean, my experience, I saw this thing boomerang. You know, a few years ago, we went from uh, ruggedized devices and everybody was talking about mobility and it was all BYOD and COPD and everything had to be BYOD. And I literally remember talking to some operations managers and seeing the glee on their face when they started saying, oh, we're not going to have to buy those devices anymore. We're just going to use the employee's devices. And then what we started seeing, of course, was the employee shows up for work and like, oh, I forgot my phone. Well, now what do you do? So now you have issues with, you know, well, you can't really work if you don't have your device. So they went back to it. the ruggedized piece of it is part of it, but it's not really the biggest part. I think the biggest part, in my opinion, anyway, was it was a company-owned device. So being a company-owned device means they now had more control over it, and the whole thing of BYOD and containerization around those devices was not easy. I mean, it, it worked technologically. It worked. Um, went through all that. We had containers for your, you know, for your BYOD devices, so that they couldn't see uh, company assets or enterprise assets, and vice versa. But it was just another layer of management that made management really complex and expensive so we went back to more of a or we're going back to a company-owned device but where the ruggedized part comes back in it's a shared device so if you think of a retail environment again or manufacturing which is another really good example um you've got the same device as being shared by 20 or 50 different employees they come in at the beginning of their shift and they grab one of these devices off and drop it or they leave it laying on a shelf or they do whatever because it's not their device And, uh, you know, they're working. This isn't the primary part of their function. It's not their phone. So when that happens, it needs some more ruggedization. So We're back to that again now. And I, I think, again, I've seen it kind of boomerang. I think where we are now is probably about where it's going to be. We've kind of winnowed out, you know, ferreted out what's good for a BYOD device, like you mentioned, Uber or some of those things. Or when I'm working inside of a company enterprise brick and mortar shop, for example, it may make more sense for the company to own those app, those, those devices and then share them across those devices.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. For you, sort of talked about the I call it like the underpinnings, of the device management MDM pieces. How has that changed in the last ten years as Android has come in and involved? Like, what what have you seen over there? A the change perspective of the actual underpinning and management tools.
1: Um, A couple of things. Well, on the really good side, this is me speaking on my opinion. um, You know, Google came along and defined the standards for EMM. So you write to the Google EMM standards as far as device management. I think that, I mean, that was huge because I remember, I can remember trying to keep up with all the changes that every device manufacturer would make on their device and then trying to build that into your MDM platform. It it was a headache and a nightmare and it, it was really pain. But by having... The standard management functions on the device makes a huge difference because now it makes it easier for you to focus on what your app can do and not on, oh, I got 50 devices and they all have different uh, drivers that I have to write an app to, to go to. So that was a huge one. The next evolution out of, after that that we're seeing now, I believe, is you heard me mention this a minute ago was this idea of you know provisioning to date has been what I call hardware provisioning. Most MDMs today focus on what I call hardware provisioning. That's getting the device on the network, having the right security settings, the right network settings, the right load of applications on it, and then booting it up with a screen that the user can then log into. That's just the hardware level. But now you come to what what we call user provisioning. I'm Don, the manager at a Fortune 100 retail. Uh, store i log in i need to see my user profile my applications on the device i log out all my data needs to get wiped off i give it to one of the workers and she works in the she works maybe uh in the POS section she works at checkout she logs in she needs a different set of applications that's user level provisioning most of the MDMs today they're they're trying to get to that level, but it's really not something they do very well because for the last 10 years or more, all provisioning has been around that hardware level because that's really been the key. If you think about warehouse device, warehousing and devices inside the four walls, I just need to know it's up and on the network and my worker's ready to go to work. And mm-hmm. if you're really only using it for a single application, you don't need anything else. But now when you start talking about shared devices amongst multiple workers, that changes the game a lot. Now I have to be able to provision that. That's an additional layer of provisioning that needs to be added onto or configured into the MTM somehow.
0: Got it. So the customization of that experience. And you, you used that phrase earlier, like the the focus on the experience of the frontline worker. What is what do you see as the key things people should be thinking about around I'm gonna call it like user experience or UX for frontline workers?
1: Yeah, I think the term well, maybe it is UX, the term you see in the literature mostly is EX, employee experience, but um it's kind of one of those three categories of applications we talked about. So if you to me it's always easier for me to like visualize somebody that I think is doing this. So think of a healthcare worker, or think mm-hmm. of somebody like in the police force, security or something like that, or a retail worker. Retail is the kind of the standard um or the benchmark. If you think of a retail worker in the store. What would make their job easier? First of all, user level provisioning. So when I log in, I see the apps, I need to do my job. Um, And then there's access to, there's easy, it's easy for me to be able to collaborate with my workers. I don't have to sit this down and then go find somebody else in the environment to answer a question. I can text or receive texts from other people or receive texts from corporate to say, look for this or whatever. Um, It could be audio or it could be video or text. So there's communication and collaboration, those kind of things. I mentioned that one earlier because that really seems to be be the biggest one that really seems to impact uh, employee experience. If they feel they're connected to their workers and they can work with their workers, that goes a long way. That's why you hear that one. That's why you see MS Teams a lot. You see those kind of things showing up on the devices because it's that communication and collaboration. And then it's probably the next one really from the worker experience, then probably goes to the human capital management, the HR and training functions. Is it easy for me to log in? Can I check my timesheets? Can I take a day off if I need to? Uh, I don't understand this. Is there a training video that will show me how to do this? Those kind of functions make their job. Again, I got to go find somebody to answer this question, or I got to go log into another device to do that. If I can do all that here, I'm happy now. I don't have to run around and worry about or think about who am I talking to? I don't feel as stressed. Because now the device is actually supporting me and helping me do things. And then, of course, the last one is your standard in retail example, for example, line of business applications, which would be check in, check out or check out, you know, customer POS. I'm talking to a customer like, I think I want to buy this. I like this. This Yeah, sure. Click, click, click in your credit card. And you know, have a good day, you're walking out of the store. Um, that's kind of the 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 level of, and, and from that perspective, they feel productive, they feel engaged, they feel like they're actually
0: doing things, they feel like they're a part of the organization. Got it. For for that experience, like looking forward five years from now, how different is it gonna be? Is it gonna continue to evolve? Or are we in a state where it's like this is the these are the pieces you need, they're just gonna get faster and better. Like what, what do you what do you think that looks like over the next five years?
1: Uh well, that's a funny question i mean implants no i um <laughs> I think we probably need to look at uh the big eight hundred pound gorilla, which is a i How is that going to make it easier right now you you know a worker maybe has to know what they're looking for when they're looking for it um I mean, my hope is looking forward. The technology is going to get to the point where it recognizes what I'm doing and goes. Have you thought about this as well? So, in other words, now the technology is helping guide you as opposed to just you kind of need to know what you're doing before you go into it. Um, But that's—I always hesitate to make predictions.
0: (laughs) I'm not a good don says Don says. All right, (laughs) exactly. It's it's written down, and I I guess the, the last question I had in my my discussion topics. For companies that are looking to, well, let's say they're on that—that's sort of where you started. They're on a single app on a device that's really expensive, and want to get more value out of it and have better experience than their employees. What is the first step in that journey? What's the thing that they should do first, and, and try to figure out on how to get from point A to whatever whatever the future point looks like?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, so here I like to tell a little anecdote here. I get this question sometimes. So when I first started in the technology industry. I was a business analyst working for an insurance industry. And I'm going to hit on that term business analyst. My job at the time was I had a background in statistics. So my job was to talk to the actuaries, talk to the customer service reps, talk to the sales people, the product development people, et cetera. This was insurance. And then I would come back and literally this shows my age. I wrote COBOL programs on an IBM mainframe. I worked with a team and we wrote COBOL programs to support that business case. And th- I this is really my my advice when I hear this question is start from a business analyst perspective. There's the technology today is exploded. That if you try to come at it from a technology perspective, it's confusing, in my opinion. But if you start at it from okay, we are a manufacturing firm. This is what we do, and this is what we need our workers to be able to do. And then focus on those things we talked about, like what can I do to make my employee experience better? They want to be able to then. And write out that business case of what you needed to do and then go from there into the technology. I guarantee you you will find plenty of options for technology to support the functions, the, the use cases that you put together. But I, I can't stress enough because I, I say this kind of, again, being the old guy. In my right. opinion, we've gotten away a little bit from focusing on the business requirements and the business analyst because of all the, ooh, look at the sexy things that technology can do. I, but I really do think it pays to back up, focus on the business case first and then bring the technology into it. You, you get better solutions. And that, in my opinion, is what you see when you look at the, quote, big boys. When you look at the Fortune 50 companies, you know, and the largest retailers, largest companies, that's what they're doing. They have teams of people looking at their about how do we make this our experience for what we do and then they build technology
0: or have people build them technology, to bring it in. Uh, that's the way I would recommend it. That makes sense. So start on the user and their day. Don't yeah. start on trying to shoehorn technology to, to to look cool.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I was talking to this guy and he said, this is cool technology. Here, I want you to use this. Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, face <laughs> plant. no, no. All right. So I think that's, that's all the time for today. Uh, just, just to wrap up. I, I think the, notes I took away from this, the the three core categories of apps. So communication apps, so the Slacks, the Teams, the Zooms, having that on the mobile devices for your frontline workers, the line of business apps, which how do they do their jobs, whether it's POS, inventory, um, delivery, transportation, really whatever the industry is, it's going to specify the line of business apps. The third one was uh, the term used was HCM, so human capital management, which is going to be your HR, scheduling, compliance, training, and then it's not really a category, but there's still the underpinning tools, so the MDM tools, and device management and security. So that's what the stack looks like. And then I think your last point is is probably the best one. When you think about the experience, start with the start with the employee. Don't don't start with the actual tools itself. Always start with the employee. Look at their day. Look at what's going to help improve their experience and, and go from there. So like some really good pointers there. Don Don, thank you for uh, for, for joining me. I really, really appreciate the, the time and insight and learning about the history of the moon landings and uh, and COBOL.
1: Not a problem. Me, yeah, I was on that old moon rover. Me and the old moon rover. Yeah, we have a good time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, Don. And um, and for those uh listening, uh definitely like or subscribe. And if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at bluefletch.com. Thank you very much. Thank you much. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. If you enjoyed the discussion, please take a few moments to rate us. If you would like to listen to future episodes, please subscribe. To learn more about mobility topics or submit any questions, visit us at bluefletch.com.